May the words I speak and the words we hear be your words of life to us, our God. Amen. So this morning we're blessing nativity sets, but I don't know that any of you brought any of your nativity sets, did you? be a very short sermon. Um, We take it for granted nowadays that the reenactment of the Christmas story uh, is something that is a long-held tradition and we probably suspect that it goes all the way back to almost the time of Jesus. But in fact it wasn't until around 1220 that it was anyone ever thought of doing it and it was quite a revolutionary and radical thing when it was first done. So this morning I want to tell you the story of that first reenactment of the Christmas story. Uh, it's told by a Franciscan friar, Murray Bodo, who's a, uh, also a great storyteller. And so that should give you a clue as to who was involved in that reenactment. So this is the story as told by Murray Bodo. How cold it seemed that December. Not that winters aren't always cold here, with Mount Tumilio towering above our small village of Greccio. But that December, that December seemed particularly cold. And not only outside, but inside too, in the heart. It was as if a fire had burned out, Some vision had blurred into a fine, freezing mist upon the mountain. That was the December of 1223, the year Francis, the saint from Assisi, was spending Christmas with his brothers in the hermitage on the mountain opposite our village. And that is what changed the weather, outside and in. One day, as Christmas drew near, Francis sent for me, a citizen of Greccio, and asked me to prepare a manger scene in the little hermitage where the brothers were to celebrate the midnight mass of the Nativity. He asked that I bring a real ox and ass to stand beside the rock that was to serve as the altar. And so I did. And then... On Christmas Eve, we townspeople, invited by Francis and his brothers, made our way to the hermitage. We carried torches down the steep side of the hill where our proud village stands, down into the valley and up the other side to where the brothers waited in prayer in the small cave that looked for all the world the way I had imagined the cave of Bethlehem. Francis was clothed in the Dalmatic, his deacon's vestment, and we knew then that he would be singing the gospel, as is the deacon's function at a solemn mass. And so sweet was Francis's voice as he sang the gospel that we all wept. Then Francis preached as well, and so sweet and warm were his words that it was no longer cold in the cave or in our hearts. 
indeed. This must have been what the shepherds felt at Bethlehem so long ago. As the Mass continued, our song grew to such a crescendo of jubilee that there appeared upon the altars of our souls a multitude of heavenly hosts singing, Glory to God in the highest, and peace to all of good will. And we knelt in adoration, waiting for that precious moment when the infant Christ would become the bread and wine upon the altar. And so it came to pass, and more. For at the moment of consecration, the Christ child appeared alive upon the rock altar, and blessed Francis leaned down and lifted the child in his arms like Simeon of old. And that is the miracle of Greccio that you may have heard about. Not everyone saw it as I did, but everyone there felt their hearts burn within them and warm weather return to the winter of their disbelief. Bethlehem was now Greccio in the Reiti Valley. I praise and bless God for the small part I played in this new Bethlehem. I, John Valletta, the man who brought the ox and the ass and made a place where the baby Jesus could speak to our hearts once again. Baby Jesus, the little word that grows into the big word of Jesus the Christ, who is God come among us. Amen. Advent is a time when we prepare for the coming of Christ, the crucified King. We remember his coming at Christmas and we look ahead to when the reign of God will fully come among us. A coming that will be marked by hope, peace, joy and love. Today we focus on hope, God's hope. And so I wonder what hope this story offers you. And I wonder what hope Christmas offers you, offers us, offers our world. Christmas is the story of ultimate hope, as Francis displayed to those people who gathered with him in Greccio, in the Reiti Valley in Italy. Christmas is when God the Son, the eternal Word, in whom and through whom and for whom all was created, became one of us. At Christmas, we are given time to reflect on the wonder of the Incarnation. When Christ's divinity mingled with our humanity, so that we too, that we might be reminded that we too are made in the image of God. 
that we too at our heart hold the divine image of love. And at Christmas, we're given time to reflect on how Christ's humanity mingles with our divinity. And we are invited to live as people who live in the heart of God. It's a huge picture. And that is what Christmas is about. The Incarnation. That should change everything for us. So that despite all the evidence, and there's a lot of evidence around at the moment that we shouldn't hope, but despite that, Christmas should offer us the opportunity to live in hope, as those people in Grecio discovered 800 years ago. So this is where I invite you to bring up your nativity sets and to place them on the table and to talk about where you got them from and how they might remind you of hope and invite you to live in hope. But you didn't bring any, so... And then I was going to bless them. <laughs> so, do, do any of you have nativity sets at home? No nativity sets at home? Oh, there you go. We have... Well, I'll tell you about mine then. Uh, so my nativity set, I have no idea where I got it from. But it's the same. Hmm. Maybe it is my parents. It's the same as my parents. My mother's. And I haven't been down there for Christmas for a while, so I'm, I'm pretty sure it's just the same as hers and not hers. I'm pretty sure she still has hers. So I don't know where we got it from, but we always put set it up on the fireplace. And then we have other bits that kind of go around it. And one of the bits that we have, uh, so, we ha so it's all out of proportion. So we've got, um, so it's wooden and it's small. And then we have some plastic camels and wise men coming from afar which we kind of, if I can remember, have them kind of coming from afar. Because actually, the wise men don't arrive until January. Yeah. It's an entirely different festival called Epiphany. So, uh, and then we have a really huge Jesus in a manger, which the children don't like because it's well out of proportion. But the Jesus in the manger comes from Bethlehem. In Israel, well, it's not in Israel; it's in Palestine. And uh, I bought it there when I was there eleven years ago, uh, in a in a shop uh, just down the road from Manger Square. So, uh, despite the fact that my children said it's too big and it doesn't look right, I went, "Well, it comes from the place, so get over it." And uh, technically, there should be no baby Jesus in that manger until Christmas Day. Um, it should be empty. So even when we set ours up here, I'm sure we'll have a baby Jesus in there. But there shouldn't be until Christmas Day, because that's when it all happens. So the question I was going to ask you was, how does, how does your nativity set remind you of hope or help you experience hope? And I guess having it set up in our room reminds us of the fact that Christmas isn't about the running around, getting ready for Christmas Day, which this year for us is going to be quite laid back because Bonnie and I are going to Brisbane straight after the last service on Christmas Day. 
So there's no Christmas stockings. We always have Christmas stockings, which I spend a lot of time and, according to Bonnie, way too much money stocking. Uh, but this year there's no Christmas stockings because no one will be home apart from Bonnie and I and all the kids will be either in Inverness or Brisbane where we'll meet up with them. Not Inverness, we won't be meeting up with her. And um, the youngest one's in Inverness for Christmas, just for something to do. Uh, and even the presents will be, um, we're kind of negotiating to do something as a family, so there's not even many presents to organise. So it's all much more low-key, and the, and the presence of that nativity set reminds us, actually, that in the, in the flurry of activity, to just stop and remember what the story is and what it is all this activity is about. So I hope, even if you don't have a nativity set, that you can stop this Advent, find times in amongst everything else that needs to happen, to wonder again at the Incarnation, at all that the Incarnation is about, and to allow the hope of that to be the warm, the warmth that enters into you again and is rekindled to a greater level, just as it was for those people at Greccio 800 years ago. So shall we stand and affirm our faith and our wonder in the God who meets us through the Incarnation, using the creed, which Jackie will tell us where it is. Um, page 46.